friends. As I said, I'm Lindsay. I'm so excited to speak with you guys tonight. I go with the guitar player here. David is my husband. Um, so just want you guys to know that. But really to start this night off with, I have a question to ask you. Who here was excited that this was the 50th anniversary year of the walk on the moon? Any other space like Final Frontier? I'm really excited. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So I that anniversary was back July 21st. If you were like unaware that that was even a thing this year, now you know. 50 years ago, we walked on the moon. Um, my excitement level, I kind of fell into that excitement. I didn't wake up on January 1st and was like, yes, 50th anniversary walk on the moon. I cannot wait. More like this summer... Um, my family and the Magruders, Gretchen's family, got the opportunity to go to Chicago in early June, and we were visiting with some of our alumni there, and we are like, okay, we're in Chicago for a day. What can we do? And it just so happened that it was a free admission day at the planetarium. We're like, yeah, planetarium. Have any of you guys ever been there in Chicago? Yeah, it's beautiful. It is right on the lake, and it's really cool. So you better believe that the planetarium was excited that this was the 50th anniversary of the moonwalk. So when you go in the planetarium, for those of you who haven't been there, there are lots of different exhibits. But one of the very first ones, it's all about astronauts. You get to learn about Jim Lovell and um, Neil Armstrong and all kinds of astronauts. You get to experience kind of like the anti-gravity stuff and learn all about the instruments that they need to know how to use when they're on a spacecraft. So this got me kind of pumped thinking about, okay, space this summer. This is a really exciting summer for space. But I kind of forgot. We went home after that, and it was a few weeks later, and I'm like, man, I haven't seen Apollo 13 in so long. Okay, this is really going to date me because this was a movie from my childhood. But has anybody seen this? Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, come on. This is, this is good stuff here. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Go and watch it. So I watched it, and it was all about not the walk on the moon, but the failed second attempt to have a walk on the moon. But what I loved about it is this mission feel of this movie. And you really learn about astronauts and how much they train and how specialized they are and how there are hundreds of people in Texas and Florida that were helping them get to the moon. And unfortunately for them, when things went wrong, well, I guess fortunately for them, helping them get back home safely. So that's to say, space is cool, guys. It was also like in-game summer, so we had some more space things going on this summer. Well, if you've been here the last few weeks, you know that we've been talking about three things that help us live a life of faith when we're thinking about doing that. And the first week, Gretchen talked about community and how God invites us to be in community with him and with other people and just how important that is when we have people walking alongside of us when we're trying to follow Jesus. And then last week, David talked about the gospel which just is the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection and how and he comes back to life and gives us hope and new life and how that really just informs our entire faith walk, that good news. Well, tonight we are going to talk about mission. We're going to talk about the mission that Jesus showed his disciples while he was here on earth and how he walked alongside them and showed them this, but also the charge that he left them before he went back to the Father. And I think we'll see, just like astronauts, 
super prepared to be on mission, that we need to think intentionally about how we are going to be on mission with our faith, how we are going to be prepared to share that faith with others and look at the areas of influence that God gives us to be on mission. So I know that some of you here tonight might be here for the very first time. I'm so glad that you're here, and I can't wait to meet you. And some of you may be like, I'm just questioning, curious about who Jesus is. I'm so glad that you'll be able to just investigate a little bit about who Jesus is as we talk about this. But the mission that Jesus gives is for people who are followers of him, and it's what he invites us into to be a part of that ministry. So just keep that in mind as we're talking tonight. All right, so number one thing we're going to talk about is training. If we want to think about being on mission, we're going to think about training. Now, in my investigation of astronauts and my excitement this summer, what I learned was that astronauts have specialized training for at least two years and over 1,000 hours that they train before they're ever like even allowed to touch the spaceship to go on a mission. So they work in pools, so that helps them kind of get that feel of what it would be like without gravity. They learn all the cool instruments. They are really well trained. So I think we're going to see when we look at Jesus that something similar happens. So let's do that. We're going to look here in several passages in Matthew. So if you want to go ahead and flip there now, we're going to start in Matthew 9. You can do that. We have some Bibles on the back table. It's not awkward at all right now if you'd like to go back and grab one of those if you need a Bible. I'm also going to have some. Um, the the scripture is going to be up here on the screen. You can pull out your phone, whatever you're most comfortable with. And if you do grab a Bible, feel free to take that home with you tonight as our gift to you. All right. In Jesus' time on earth, he spent a lot of time primarily with 12 dudes, the 12 disciples. And if you've been around church for a while, you probably can like name at least five of those guys right now. They are all over the gospel stories of Jesus, and he spent a lot, I guess they spent a lot of time with him, and they would be with him when he would travel all over Israel to teach. They walked a lot together. They would see Jesus teach in the synagogues or along the roadside or wherever there was opportunities for Jesus to speak. They observed that. They watched Jesus heal lots of people from lots of diseases and infections, and they would observe that. Not only did they do those things, but they also just watched Jesus talk to a lot of different people. Jesus talked to everybody, and the disciples could watch that and look, how did he have that conversation, or how does he approach that person, or is it weird to have a conversation with this person? They were able to see all those things as they spent all this significant time with Jesus as he was doing his mission work here, as we'll call it tonight. And I love this passage in Matthew 9 that really talks directly to this. So if you're there, we're going to start in verse 35, and we're just going to go through 38. It's the end, the chapter. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So Jesus does all these things. Like I said, he's teaching, he's having compassion on people, he's healing the sick with his disciples, and then he brings them aside and says, hey, you see, this harvest is plentiful. 
there are so many people here that need to hear about the kingdom of God. And so why don't we pray that there will be more people on mission ready to share that with them. This is training that Jesus gives them by modeling what they should be doing and then inviting them into that mission to pray alongside him that that would actually happen. So not only does Jesus invite them to pray and train them in that, but if you look down further in the next chapter, chapter 10, um, this is also a very similar story happens in Luke chapter 10. Um, You see that Jesus then sends them out. He sends them out and pairs to go and do this mission work, to go and bring good news all over Israel, to heal people, to pray with people, to talk to people. But he doesn't just like send them out and says, goodbye, good luck. No, we see in Luke 10, he brings them back and they come to him with joy to share the stories that happened, all the different things that they experienced while they were out. Jesus is there to process with them as they do their mission. All right, last passage in Matthew that we're going to go to tonight. Flip all the way to the very end. This is going to be Matthew chapter 28. And we are going to look at verses 18 through 20. So some, per, some thing here about how Jesus is spanned. This is at the very end of his life. This is after he has died and been resurrected and spent some time with his disciples. The very last thing that's recorded that he's going to talk to them about is this charge for them to continue on. And he says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He leaves them with a very clear mission statement. Go and make disciples. Teach them to follow me. Baptize them. And I will be with you as you go and do those things. Now, you might be sitting here tonight thinking, you know, that's all really well and good. Like the disciples had Jesus in the flesh to process with, to watch him do all of these things. And that's true. They did have Jesus here with them to show them how to do mission. But Jesus, in this clear mission, clear charge he gives them at the very end, says, I will be with you. I'm not leaving you. I didn't just show you how to do those things and then peace out. I am going to send you the Holy Spirit to be with you, to guide you, so that you can pray and ask for wisdom as you go and do mission. The Holy Spirit will initiate that. And also, he left us with the word, the Bible, for us to know the story of his life so that we can read about it and get to know him in that way. To be believers on mission, we have to be trained, which means we have to spend time in both those avenues. We have to spend time in the word, learning more about who Jesus is, learning more about how he did his life so that then we can model that and do that for others. 1 Peter 3.15 says this. Now, Peter, he was one of Jesus's disciples, and he writes a couple letters that are recorded in the Bible, and he talks about being prepared. He says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. 
he is telling us, like, you've got to be intentional about being, giving reasons for your hope, knowing why you're following Jesus. David talked last week about the gospel, this good news, and he shared about how Jesus' death and resurrection is good news. It allowed us to be free from our sin, to have new life, and have a way to come back to God, even when we keep sinning, that Jesus brings hope to his followers. So if we want to be on mission, we've got to know that. And if it's your first time here and you'd like to listen to that, we've got a new podcast. So you can go back. The last couple messages that David and Gretchen have given are on there, and you can learn more about that. But that's the main way we train is looking at what Jesus did and praying that he will guide us in what we should do. All right, next thing that we're going to talk about when we're thinking about mission is being specialized. Okay, so this is what I learned from Apollo 13, and I'm sure it's 100% accurate because the movie is always on. But when I watched this movie, I realized that when astronauts go up in space, like, they all have very specific jobs. Like, if the pilot slacks off, the spaceship is coming down, okay? He's got to be on his game and know his job because nobody else on that spaceship knows how to be the pilot. He's the pilot. There's a commander that might know some things about that, but really it's one person's job. And there was another guy that was just there to drive the equipment that would get them out on the moon to do their spacewalk. So they were very specialized in their areas of influence and what they knew how to do in order to complete their mission. And I really believe that that's the same thing for us as we're on campus here at UIS in Lincoln Land, that we are all uniquely gifted and placed in different areas in order to be on mission. That God has already sent us in those areas on campus. So that would be great for we to, us to talk about a little bit tonight. So who here is like loves sports? Like maybe you are an athlete. Maybe you love intramurals. Or you like pick up basketball and you spend a lot of time in the track or working out. Yeah, so... You build relationships in those areas when you are playing games and track or working out alongside the same person, has the same schedule with you, you're always on the treadmill at 4 o'clock together. You start to recognize all the people around you and to build relationships. Okay, that's not my category, so if that's not yours, I understand. Um, Some of you are like super creative and you spend some time maybe in the art building or you're part of the band or choir here. Anybody? Any of these creative people? Yeah. Awesome. Or maybe you, I even heard that we have a needlepoint group, which I think is really cool. Um, So we have all of these different creative areas. You also begin to build relationships in those spheres that you will get to know people simply by spending a lot of time in those spaces. Um, So maybe um, you guys, some of you are interested like in really specific causes, like you're really politically minded or you're environmentally minded and you join one of those groups or you just do a lot of service projects. Anybody like those things? Yeah, some of you will be like multiple of these apply to me. Yes. Um, So same thing for there. Um, At least I assume most of you here are in some sort of building on campus regularly, a classroom building where a lot of your classes take place or you spend a lot of time hanging out at the Starbucks in the Union. Um, There are places on campus where you gather or some of you even live here on campus and so you will spend a significant amount of time, hopefully at least eight hours sleeping or being in your room, maybe not sleeping, but you will spend that time in that apartment or that townhouse or that dorm room. Um, So God has placed us in all of these different areas. So to talk about this a little bit more, I'm going to bring up my friend Abby tonight. Guys, give her a big round of applause. Yeah, we're so excited to hear from Abby. 
we go. So Abby is going to talk to us a little bit about how this has played out in her life and where God has placed her over the last three to four years. Um, so, Abby, yay. Okay, so um, if you know me, I'm one of those people that kind of likes to have their hands in everything. Um, so in my four years on campus, I have kind of um, found a sphere of influence in different areas, but I think um, my two main places have been um, with leadership and with um, volunteering. I know those aren't locations, um, but I think it's more important the people that you spend it with. Um, and so um, leadership and volunteering kind of go hand in hand for me. So um, I am involved in Habitat and um, Leadership for Life, and I was also a resident assistant. So those are kind of in my four years where I have spent the most time with um, people creating relationships. So in those spaces, how have you seen God open up doors for you to be able to build relationships and have influence in those areas? Yeah, um, I get the opportunity in those um, spheres to be kind of in a fishbowl. Um, many of you have probably heard this before. But if you're in a fishbowl, that means people are constantly watching you. Um, and so I think the best way to be on mission um, is to just model Jesus um, and to show your walk in faith, um, your walk with Jesus. And so... Um, I think that that is like one of the most simple ways, um, it's not the easiest ways, that you can live on mission. Um, and so, um, and also in that, you can be invitational, you can be loving, you can be welcoming, um, you can invite them to a Christian community. And so I've had the opportunity with that, um, with my um, people in my spheres of influence to be invitational with them, um, to invite them to things um, like CSF. Um, so those are um, ways that I can show them um, and be on mission. Yeah, I really love that. A couple of years ago, Abby um, was a resident assistant here in the residence hall, and one of her events was bringing people to a Monday night service to get yes. to know other people, and that was really cool just to have yeah. people that were curious and wanted to come and check us out. Yeah, that's a simple way just to be invitational. Very simple. Yeah. So tell us, what's that look like right now for you in this season of your life as a senior? Yeah. Um, I'm still involved in leadership and volunteering. Who's surprised? Um, so I think it's continuing even through, um, even if my sphere of influence has changed, um, to adapt to those um, relationships um, and to continue to model my walk with Jesus. But also, um, I think I've learned over the four years, um, not just to model my walk with Jesus, but to show them how I'm growing in my walk um, and to encourage them to do the same. So how do you do that? Um, I think it's, like I said, being in a fishbowl, you kind of um, just living your life the way that um, Jesus would. Um, like I said, being loving um, and invitational, um, showing them the grace of God. I love it that in Abby's life, she leaves pockets of time open. Like if she knows she's going to be building a lot of relationships, she'll leave time open to have dinner or coffee or lunch with people and just really get to sit down and meet with them and hang out and get to know them. Yeah. Relationships take time. So. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thank you, Abby, for sharing with us tonight a little bit about that. Thank you. All right, the last thing we're going to talk about with being on mission is thinking about a support team. Like I said earlier, astronauts have hundreds of people, scientists, mathematicians, all of these people, engineers that are on the ground that are helping them to be successful when they're on their mission, giving them vital information, encouraging them 
as they're doing that. And if we look back at those passages in Matthew and Luke 10, we will see that Jesus didn't just send out his disciples one to each different place. He sent them out in pairs because we talked about week one with community. We need people. We need people to encourage us, to push us, to pray with us and process as we go about following Jesus. Um, Last spring, David and I and a couple other CSFers that are in this room went to a class at our church on Sunday mornings, and this class was called Momentum, and it was really cool. It was a class built around looking at how God is moving throughout the whole world, how people are coming to know him and finding their way back to him in pretty much every country on the planet, and it was just humbling to think about that God is so big, and his mission is huge, and there are people that are following him everywhere. But it can also be kind of overwhelming thinking about all of that. And so this one quote really stuck out to me, and I wanted to share it with you tonight. And it says, if you are a disciple of Jesus, prayer is one of the most strategic things that you can possibly do. If we want to see a movement of people come to know Jesus and be a part of that mission, it's going to take prayer. Now, that might seem really simple to you guys. You're like, yes, prayer. But this is the prayer that is just asking, knowing that God is going to initiate where his mission is going to go. He's going to do it regardless if we're on it with him or not in this room. He is going to help people find their way back to him. But what we get to do is to pray and be open-handed to where he might send us in these areas, where he wants us to train and get to know him better, where he has uniquely placed us and given us specialization on this campus, and where those other people are, our support teams are, that can encourage us in that. So we're going to do something just a little bit different tonight to kind of end with this support team prayer idea. So in a couple minutes, I'm going to have you get up from your chair, and you'll see that there are places from campus listed all around the room. There are classroom buildings, there are the union, there are housing options. Lincoln Land is up here. I want you to begin thinking about the place on campus where you spend the most of your time, where you would say you probably have the greatest amount of influence because you're just physically in that space getting to know people the most. And we're going to go in those areas so you can kind of see who else is on mission in this area with me. Who else can I say, hey, could we pray before class? Could we pray before we go work out together, thinking about how God might want to use us in this time? If this is new to you and this makes you really uncomfortable and you're like, I'm just here because I have a few questions about Jesus, that is totally okay. You are welcome to stay in your chair if that's what you're most comfortable with and pray or meditate silently. You are welcome to just go to these areas and you don't have to pray out loud. No one's going to be forced to do that tonight. Um, You can kind of make that decision about what you feel most comfortable. But if you're here tonight and you're like, I am ready and I need to be thinking intentionally about how God could use me this semester or this year on campus, then I invite you to go to that now, to those places, and pray. Maybe you will all pray. Maybe a couple people that are there will pray. Um, But pray that God would use you this semester and that you would be open-handed in that. And after you are done, after your group is finished, you can make your way back to your seats, and the worship team will come up here and lead us in a couple more songs tonight. 